This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode. Everyone, so glad you're with us today. And today our special guest is David Knox. And if you haven't had a chance to see his amazing training, it is top-notch, one of the best that I've ever seen. So David, welcome today. Thank you very much. It's glad to be here. So today we want to first address our changing market. Obviously, the market has shifted and we need a few little tools and tips to kind of navigate through that. So, David, give us a few tips to navigate through what we need to do to make it not only uh, make it through, but making it through successfully. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I believe that a changing market provides opportunity for agents. Uh, when the market is stag, uh, stagnant, it's not a good word, uh, but when the market is stable or the same for everybody, <clears throat> everybody's on an equal playing field. But as soon as things change, as they have been doing, and I said it a while ago, it's it's not going to be like the last market forever. When markets change, it gives you an opportunity to to grow with the market and capitalize on, on the changes and increase market share. Uh, and it may be painful, though. Uh, change can be painful along with uh, the benefits of it. And I think I'm just share the, share the screen and I'll show uh, a couple of ideas. Obviously, you know, as I've said forever, and I still maintain this, that if you have listings, you control the market. When you work with buyers, they control you. Having said that, we are in a market where now, maybe for the first time in a couple of years, it might be okay to start working with buyers. But this green line represents the appreciation in housing. And we all know that it's uh, been going up rapidly. And all of a sudden, it's in some markets, it's going down, some it's tapering off, some it's staying the same. But this chart illustrates that as the market takes a right turn on the green line, often your seller's expectations are the red dotted line. And they keep thinking that, you know, if their neighbor's home sold for 500 grand last week, that theirs must be worth 600,000 this week. So we need to dissuade them of that um, accelerated expectation. And that gets into education. So one of the key uh, things. In fact, I'm just going to stop sharing for just a second and give everybody two words to remember uh, that will take you through your career forever. Uh, M and E. M is motivation. You absolutely must deal with people who are motivated. And if you don't, I, ha I don't have a technique for it. I literally have no sales techniques. I've been in the business 50 years and I don't have a single technique for working with a buyer or seller who is not motivated to buy or sell. It doesn't exist. So, the first rule is find people who are motivated. Uh, e stands for expectations. The greatest skill of a salesperson is the ability to, to manage the expectations of their buyers and sellers. And that's what this chart really does is to say, you know, Mr. Mrs. Seller, the green line represents where the market has gone. Uh, the red represents kind of your expectations. So we need to close that gap. As I take a look at the changes in the market, I think even though it might be painful, it is a natural market adjustment. And especially since prior to this, I mean, let's face it, the the increase in the market over the last years was driven by, you know, two government inter interventions. Number one was they locked down the world and that drove people nuts. So they wanted to get out of the city. Number two, they lowered the interest rates to a stupid low rate of two, nine and three and all that stuff. 
those were stupid rates. So now basically we're in a market that's normal. It is, this is how it should have always been. And it's also not like 2008, where once again, the, the, the government interjected this stupid sum prime lending and once again, destroyed the real estate market. It's like, please, will you just stay out of the way? Now we have reasonable lending requirements, almost zero negative equity, only 3% defaults compared to a historical rate of about 5%. So what we're seeing now is interest rates are going up. They started down at three, they've gone up to four and five, and now they're six and you know, every five minutes it changes. So we'll just call it six for today. Well, the values of real estate are going to, if they haven't already, start coming down. So there might be an offsetting thing that happens here. So as sellers begin reducing their prices, because they're going to have to, they're just not going to get 60000 over asking price on a half a million dollar home. Um, so they're going to start being more realistic in their pricing. And that's good for buyers. Uh, the interest rates going up, that's bad for buyers. I was talking to a guy in our office just a few minutes before I came on, and he was listening to an agent on some TV show that said, this is the worst time to buy a house. I want to find out who that agent is and call him up and say, that's the dumbest thing you could ever say. It might be the worst time in the last two years to borrow money. I might agree with that, but it is not the worst time to buy a house. <laughs> so agents say some stupid things. They exacerbate the problem. So now you might be able to help your buyers. Uh, they're going to get a reasonable, more reasonable price for the home. Yes, they're going to pay more for money. Well, so be it. Uh, I've heard a quote three times over the last couple of weeks where they say, marry the house, date the rate, which means you buy the house, get in it and lock it in and own it for the rest of the time you'd like to. The rates are going to go up and down. It's a more manageable market. That's good for all of you. So now instead of showing a buyer a home and having them make an offer within 16 to 25 seconds, they can take a breath. They can think it over. But the next thing is absolutely true. I've been, you know, having been in the business 50 years, I don't know, this is probably my third or fourth market like this. Uh, I don't mean to sound too blase about it, but, you know, I've been there. I've done, I, I know what's going to go on. The left column represents all the transactions in America. Let's just put the number of 5 million to it. Over on the right are all the ages of the business, about a million. Well, as the market changes, the number of units will go down. As interest rates go up, there are going to be fewer transactions. Period, end of story. We can pretty much bank on that. How much fewer, who knows? But I can also bank on the fact that the number of agents in the business will go down. Agents tend to leave a business mentally first. They just quit prospecting. Um, they quit holding open houses. They just pretty much quietly quit. I guess I've heard that term before. Well, agents do that too. They just stop doing anything. And then the board dues come up and they go, oh, I think I'm going to get out. So the ratio, and this is important, the ratio between transactions and agents is in the favor of those who stay in it. So keep that in mind. If you stay in the business and you follow the fundamental rules of prospecting and everything, you're going to have probably more business in a in a slower market. One other thing to keep in mind is that you have owners who complain about the drop in value of their home. I've been using this chart for, I don't know, 30 years now. You're on a listing on a home that's 540, and the owners say, well, my neighbor got 600. I know, but that was whatever, months ago. And then you say, you know, had you sold at 600,000, what were you going to do? Well, we were going to buy another house. How much would you have spent? And I can use the number 900 because NAR stats say 50% more. So to go to 900, well, keep this in mind. If the market dropped equally for everybody, and that's not necessarily the case all over, but using that number, 
if they both come down 10%, the one they're gonna buy comes down at 810. So the Delta is going from 300,000 difference to 270. So they're actually $30,000 closer to affording their next home. So before you complain about your home dropping, remember the home you're gonna buy, <laughs> they did the same thing. So you've gotta have that perspective. And I'll just go here to summarize. When is the best time to buy a home? You can all process that. My answer to that is when you need one. When's the best time to buy a car? When the one you have broke? When's the best time to buy a new blender? When the one you have doesn't work anymore? When's the best time to buy anything? <laughs> when you need it. So shut up about interest rates. How do you know when you have a buyer? They buy. How do you know when you have a seller? They sell. And speaking of motivation, our video live seminar 01-1, it's the motivation, not the money. Uh, that's the video you want to watch. So for Kenzel agents, you have access to real estate training by davidknox.com. And, um, and by the way, when you log in, I've used the analogy, we're like the Netflix of real estate training. And the metaphor holds because we, we produce our own videos, we have guest presenters, we deliver online, and we deliver in a mobile app. And when you log in, you see thumbnails that are typically representative of the brand new videos. And the one we just uploaded for this month is KFT 154 parts one and two, grow your business in a changing market. And if you take a look at this screenshot, I interviewed Jack Cotton, one of the top luxury market agents up in uh, Cape Cod, Kelly Moy, top agent near Denver. Rob Levy, top agent up in uh, Portland, Oregon, and Venus Morris Griffin, one of the more amazing agents on the planet Earth um, from Augusta, Georgia. So you get access to all of these videos, people saying, hey, here's how to deal with this market. It's just unbelievable the resource you have. I still believe so let's it. Give us a couple of those tips. So everyone needs to go in, log in and watch that video, but give us so that we they can get motivated to watch it. Give us like two or three of the things that they say that, because that is such a good mindset. If you can say, this is the time that I truly am going to grow my business. And I have interviewed probably, you know, I interview people every week and I have had so many people who have said, you know, I used to be a part-time agent. I was a hairdresser or I was a school teacher or, you know, all these different things. And the time that I actually changed to being a full-time agent was when the market shifted and things went down because so many agents got out of the business. Yeah. And what happens is it's crazy that people, it most people would go, oh, well, I absolutely couldn't leave my part-time job right now because the market is shifting and the people who seem like they do the absolute best is when they actually had the kahunas to leave that part-time job when the market was changing. Do you have any examples of that? Uh, yeah, in fact, I've got a couple of them I'll get to, but first of all, in response to that, I want to have absolute respect, compassion, and empathy for the people who have part-time jobs and have that fear of going full-time. I get it. I understand it. I've dealt with thousands of agents who have gone through that. And the answer I hear from most of, most of me is, first of all, they get into a position where they at least have a month or two worth of income. And that's a challenge in and of itself, but that's one way to do it. Um, the other transition is to do open houses every night after work, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and start, you know, getting some transactions, you know, at least on the weekends where they have enough money to make that change um, and slowly make the change and just 
the agents I've talked to, they said, oh, I remember when I jumped into the deep end of the pool <laughs> and finally uh, made it work. In fact, one of the videos we have, I'll go back here, um, that answers that question absolutely specifically is this gentleman here, Tom Miller. Now, these two videos are of Tom and me doing a role play. But if we go back, I don't know, I guess it was last month, right here. Okay, Real Estate Live 48-3 and 2. Um, you know what? I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to go to presenters and click on Tom Miller. We have seven videos of his. And uh, let me go back to the first one we did right here. Real Estate Live 48-1, capitalize on your previous career. He was with Target Corporation here in Minneapolis, and he was a buyer. And he, by the way, you talk about, you know, part-time. This guy had a full-time family. And, you know, he was paying for college and kids and, you know, owned a home. And he, he was at a home and, uh, and, and a family. And it was really, really challenging for him to make that leap of faith. So he talks about this in Real Estate Live 48 one two and three. And by the way, one of the things that he did, I'll just give you one of the tips was he talked to his employer. Now he's full-time. He's, he was full-time guy at target. And he said, look, I want to go into real estate and I need some time to do that. And target had the choice of losing him completely or losing 25% of his hours in a week. And target actually agreed because employers today need employees so bad. They are likely I don't know. I'll just speak for him. Target was offered him some time to say, look, you can work. I'll make up a number now, 30 hours instead of 40. And he started slowly, slowly, slowly working into going full time. And then finally, he was at a point where he and his family and his income said, OK, it's time to go. And then he's done very well. But it, yeah, it's a it's a challenge. But let's look at it this way. We've got, a, let's say, a million people in the real estate business. I would say 95% of them came out of another job. So we've all made that change. Now, I came out of college, but still, I couldn't afford to pay attention when I got in the business. I lived at home. That's <laughs> that's how I did it. But uh, it's kind of making that that transition. And in the meantime, when you're in your part-time or whatever time job, you're going to be working 80 hours a week, 40 on your job, and then 40 in real estate. So it's going to be a lot of work for a while. So let's talk about some prospecting and time blocking, because one of the things I hear people say is like, I just don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do this. And I want to come up with, let's just pick five things that you think are the best prospecting things that people can do right now. And then how to time block it in the calendar where they say you can get rid of that objection that they go, well, I just don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. How would you combat that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, <clears throat> anytime anybody says I don't have time for anything, and I've said that to myself too, I pretty much want to look in the mirror and go, dude, shut up. Everyone, everyone has time to do what is important. So anytime you say, well, I don't have time to do it, do something, stop lying to yourself. It's complete BS. Hold yourself accountable and say, I have chosen not to make this important enough to do. When you say, I don't have time to, you know, go to my kid's school, what you're saying is whatever else I did was more important than being with my kids. When you say, I am i didn't have time to get to my listing on time, clearly it wasn't important to you to be on time. Anytime, in fact, anytime you are late for something, I don't care what it is, anytime you're late, a question I would ask you is, what was more important than being on time? And people go, oh, that was this, that was that, I was trying, shut up. 
What was more important than being on time? Sleeping in one more 10 minutes, hitting the snooze one more time, not leaving early enough so you got caught in traffic. So we tend to use all these BS excuses and it, you've got to hold yourself accountable and say, there is always time to do the things that are important to you. So if you if it's not important to you, then admit it's not important. That's okay. It's okay to have something not be important, but don't give me this crap about you don't have time for it. Shut up. Sorry, I'm going to rant and I'm kind of ranting at myself because I have said to myself, well, I don't have time for it. Then I realize I'm lying to myself. You get to, whatever you did yesterday, you found time to do what you did. How about that? <laughs> right? You found you did it. So whatever you did yesterday or whatever you've done so far this morning was important enough to do. Um, it, it, yesterday I had a really, really early Zoom meeting and but it was still, and I could have said, well, I didn't have time to go to the gym to work out, but I have time blocked back to your specific question, Chantel. I have time blocked working out in the morning. And I had a great excuse yesterday to not work out. And I thought, no, no, it's important to me. So I, everything I did the night before I did a half an hour earlier, I had dinner half an hour earlier. I went to bed. A half, I started reading my book a half an hour early, went to sleep half an hour earlier, got up a half an hour earlier and I worked out. And I made my early morning thing because it was important to me. So time blocking is to say what is is important to you and be honest with yourself and hopefully your husbands and wives, your children, the relationships in your life and health. That ought to be first. So time block your morning workouts, time block times with your husbands and wives and children, have date night on a Friday night. Uh, if playing golf is important to you, then time block golf, time block tennis. In fact, put the fun stuff in your time blocking first and then decide. Do I want to make money in real estate? Yes. Well, then let's time block it. So let's give some examples. Saturday, I think, is a great time block morning for for sale by owners and expired. Saturday afternoon for open houses. You just block it in. Monday's a good time block for following up to your weekend stuff. Sunday, obviously, good for open houses. Now, those of you in, you know, some agents in California, they do it the other way around. But you, you could take slips of paper, you know, and and tear them up and say. Okay, open houses. Where am I going to do that? I'm going to put that there. Uh, past client follow-up. I'm going to do that uh, Tuesday morning. Then you start laying out slips of paper. You could start there and move them around and say, this looks like a good week. And then what do you time block? What are the top five things? Number one will always, 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 always be sphere of influence. How many of you have been in the business long enough that you have past clients? Okay, then your number one source, Christopher, I see you raise your hand, your number one source are your past clients. And by the way, I heard somebody, I was listening to actually a gentleman named Gino Blafari, who runs a huge company. And he said, stop using the word past with past clients. And I thought, they're not past clients, they're clients. I go, okay, I like that. So your clients, your however you want to call them. These are people who have done business with you. They deserve a phone call from you. And calling them up, and I think the last time, Chantel, I did this, I talked about five reasons to call your past clients. I'm not going to go into it in detail, but I will itemize the the five things that you can do while you're time blocking. Here it is. Thank, invite, inform, survey, and resource. You can call your sphere of influence past clients and thank them. You can invite them to an event, whether it be coffee or lunch or a, an appreciation event. You can inform them. You can do 15-second voicemails to leave uh, for people throughout the day. You could do a customer survey, and we have a video on, I think it's called Knox for Susie, number 63, on becoming a valuable resource through a survey. And number five is to be a, 
a valuable resource. All of you need to assemble a list of real estate related vendors. Mortgage title insurance, of course, uh, then moving, locksmith, storage, and then go into all the other stuff, you know, pool cleaning, laundry, maintenance, dog sitting, you know, all of those things. And you should have a list of these resources for two reasons. Number one, you need to have them. <laughs> you're in the business, you better have a list of people you trust. And if you're missing a locksmith, ask around, hey, anybody know a good locksmith? Yeah, this guy's great. All right, put him on your list. And then you let your customers sphere of influence, know that you have these resources and train them to call you. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Kanzel Realty. One of the other things we give you is revenue share, where you get five levels of money in your downline every time you attract an agent to the company. And guess what? The first three levels open up right away. So let's pretend like you're not a great recruiter, but you bring on a couple people who are heavy hitters. Guess what? You don't have to hire five or 10 agents to open up those tiers. You automatically get those. So that's what makes us very different. This is Kanzel. Next thing, I, you know, open houses. How many of you are new to the business? No, nobody new? Oh, wow. Okay, then. Oh, so most of your experience, and I'm going to stick with the sphere of influence. Absolutely. Um, um, from Gabriel says, you're newer. Great. Um, then I'm going to stick with sphere of influence because 67% of transactions in America come from friends, relatives, clients, et cetera. So that's your number one. Make I'd like you, David, if you would, with Heather, let's do a quick role play with her. I and love role play. Do a couple of the best scripts that you have contacting. I'd like you to do one for a, pa a sphere of influence, but I'd also like you to do, because a lot of our agents, you know, our agents get leads through KV Core where they're between three and $15 a lead. And they're getting a bunch of these leads in, but they call them once and then they never call them again. Oh, well, and then, then so yeah. I want to do both of those role plays with her. Your best script that you have for a past client and then one for just an internet lead that comes in. Okay, okay? perfect. I'd love to do that. And by the way, to all of you, please, please, please role play. Just do it. And when you, when I hear people saying, I don't like role playing, my answer to that is I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you like it. That's not why you do it. <laughs> You know, just stop that. So where, uh, who is it, Heather, you say? Yes, I'm right Heather, here. How are you? Okay, Heather, you're going to be, let's do the first one. I guess now I realize when I use the term past client, I can't come up with a better term. You're a client, but you bought from me in the past. But anyway, I'll call you up. Hello, Heather, this is David Knox. Oh, hey, David, how are you? Well, I am doing uh, very well. More importantly, how are you? I'm doing great. Is this a good time to call, by the way? Oh, sure, sure. Oh, great. Here's the reason I'm calling. I'm going back through my list of people that I've had the fortune of doing business with. And you were one of my very first sellers and you listed me back in 2017. And I'm just calling and say, thank you for your business, Heather. Oh, thanks, David. We loved, we loved working with you. You did such a great job listing our home. Um, you, uh, well, you made my day by saying that. How is everything with your home? It's good. You know, we really love it. We've done some improvements. Um, you know, we've, we've had a couple kids. It's getting a little crowded in here, but we really do love our house. A couple kids. Tell me what, I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah I, let's have... just skip past that. You know, yeah, so yeah, I would, yeah. you know, in, if somebody says they've got a couple of kids, shut up and listen, you know, ask a couple of kids. Tell me about that. Well, I'm so happy to hear about your new babies. Yeah. And thank you. you. 
and then here's it. So now, so we might can do some more small talk and that's up to you. This is where you play it out. You decide what you want to do. But if you feel it's appropriate and now it's time to cross into maybe more real estate related questions, I might say, Heather, um, you know, I think you bought the home for me in whatever the year it was. How much longer do you think you're going to stay in this home, Heather? Well, it's weird you asked that. We were just talking about, you know, we've we filled up all the rooms now and we'd kind of like to have an extra room. So we were starting to think about maybe we should look at something bigger. Well, <laughs> I apparently I've picked a good time to call then. <laughs> uh, when you say that, how soon would you actually be considering moving? Oh, gosh. Well, we haven't even we just threw around the idea. We haven't. I, I know, you know, the market's been crazy. So we we didn't even know if it was possible, but we have talked about possibly you know, looking at maybe we should get something bigger. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, here's, here's the first thing you probably need to know to make that decision. That'd probably be to know what your home would be worth in today's market. And if you'd like, I'd be happy to come out and visit with you and um, you do a quick competitive market analysis. I got to be careful. I can't give you specific numbers till you're actually ready to move, but I can give you kind of a general range to help you plan. Would that be helpful? Yeah, that would probably be helpful. Great. What would be a good night for that? Uh, let's see, work for you on Wednesday night. Okay. So great. Well, let's, and then you can set up the appointment. Um, okay. Let's role play one where there's, you have no plans of moving. So okay. Heather, so how much longer do you plan to stay in your home? Oh gosh, we bought, this as our forever home. We, we love it. We have no plans of moving. We, we just love it. Well, it makes me feel good to know that I was able to help you get a forever home. That uh, means I did my job. So good. I'm, I'm so glad that you're there. Say, could I ask you one more question? I need some help. Okay. Uh, we're in a market where I've got tons of buyers now that weren't able to buy homes in the last couple of years and they're back in the market. They're really, really desperate to move. And I'm wondering of, of all of your friends or maybe of all your neighbors, if you had to think, who do you think would be the next to move? You know, no one's really said anything. I will tell you this, my next door neighbor, I've noticed her doing a lot of like uh, improvements to the house. Maybe she might be one worth talking to, but I, she hasn't said anything, but I'd be happy to pass along the contact info. Well, that would be great. Would it be all right if then if I reached out to her and, and suggest and tell her that you suggested I call? Yeah, yeah. And I'll let her know too. Okay. Well, good. Well, thanks. Heather, anything else that I can be doing for you um, as a wonderful client of mine? No, we just loved working with you. We tell everyone about you anytime we hear someone wanting to sell. Well, thank you very much, Heather. It's a pleasure talking to you and I wish you the best. Thank you. Okay. And if she didn't say anyone, if she said no one comes to mind, what would be your follow-up question? Would you say like, do you know anyone who's having babies or do you know anyone who's getting married? Do you, do you kind of keep going with, on that route? To I think that's, that, that's a judgment call. I mean, I could say, Heather, look, I asked you a question. I got to come away with this phone <laughs> call with somebody wants to buy or sell. And I don't know, but you've been jacking me around a whole phone call. I need a name or I'm going to let you off the phone. You understand what I'm saying to you? Are you and your family going to sleep with the fishes? <laughs> Yeah, it's a that's a judgment. Those some, and remember, any dialogue that I present, any dialogue that you hear from any speaker, anybody, listen to it, listen to the concept, think about it, and then when you are on the phone with somebody, you make your judgments as to whether it's appropriate and what how comfortable you feel. So I, I'm really, really, I I want to make the call, and but I, I don't want to bother them, but I want to be just assertive enough to ask the questions, and and I'm going to leave that up to you. Keep this in mind. If all you did was call and say hello, you're in the top 5% of real estate agents in the world. 
Wow. Just well, calling. let's do one. And and I would see, cause I'm pushy a little bit and no, I am definitely, but I, I would just do one more, one more close on that. I thought it was perfect, but I would say, well, as she was singing, like, you know, I don't know anyone. I don't, I don't feel like I'm pushy, but well, I would say yeah, something. Along tell, yeah. If you mind. wanted to go one step further, uh, <laughs> in fact, if you know you're going to ask a question like that, maybe have some ready and, and you know, all your friends, who do you think would be the next to move that somebody's can, and by the way, uh, our statistics show that the number one reason for people moving and I'll make up something right now is that mm-hmm. they do have an, another child in, in their family. Given that, does anybody come to mind? Yes, you could exactly. Do it that way. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. yeah, but a lot. One of the top reasons that people want to sell are either that they're or they're having another baby, they're getting a divorce, just to jog your memory. So I you like. Know any, that. You know any couples who hate each other lately? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're almost out of time. So okay, let's do one. Let's do an internet lead. lead yes. And by the way, on an internet lead, it's uh, who wants to do the internet lead? Um, how about Gwendolyn? Gwendolyn, will you do that? Will you unmute and do that with us? Thank you for role-playing. And but Heather, thanks for role-playing. I, I'm always amazed. So Gwendolyn, uh, is she going to call me or am I calling her, Chantel? You're calling her. Okay. And this, okay. She, had, she hasn't talked to you. She hasn't put a lead in for at least three to six months. So this is an older lead. She came in three to six months ago. And what did she come in on? A property for sale? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, so I'm going to call up, ring. And Gwendolyn, you Hello. answer the phone. <laughs> Hello. Hi, is this, is this Gwendolyn Wynn? Yes, it is. Hello, Gwendolyn. This is David Knox calling from Kenzel Realty. And I'm following up on a phone call that you made on one of our listings on this particular date. Uh, what listing was that? I don't know. Oh, it was 21. That. It was 2117 Randolph. It's a two-store white colonial with four bedrooms. Oh, oh, I think I remember that one. Yeah. Well, I'm calling because you obviously expressed an interest in a property, and I want to follow up and see if we could be of any help to you in looking for a home. Well, I'm still looking. I haven't found anything yet. Um, oh. The market's been a little crazy. So well, I am so glad I called then. Perfect timing. Let me ask you this. How soon would you like to be settled, Gwendolyn? Um, with it being getting closer to the holidays, I think I might wait a little while. Oh, really? So you would rather purchase after the holidays than before? Yes. Okay. And tell me again, how long have you been looking totally? Uh, I haven't been real serious about it. i been looking off and on maybe for the past six months okay and you know if a home came on the market today that fit your needs what would you do i'd consider it you'd consider it or buy it well it would depend on the house you know how crazy today's market are and with the interest rates going up i have um you know decreased buying power so i don't know right and tell me again range i'm in right now Okay, tell me the, again your original reason for wanting to move. Just a, a little bit bigger property. Uh, I have a relative that moved in with me, and we're a little tight on space. And how much longer could you live in that environment without having it be too painful? Well, it's really not painful, but um, oh. it would be 
a little more comfortable and a lot a little bit stuff. more comfortable. So right now you could probably handle it the way it is. It sounds like. If I had to, yes. Okay. Well, I'm trying to get a sense for, for your urgency. I mean, if you're, if you're kind of comfortable where you are, then, you know, I can, we can wait until you decide, uh, that it's time to move. But if you'd like to get out of this situation and get into a better one, I'm happy to help you. I'm just, I just want to get a sense of what's, what's the best way for me to help you. Um, you can let me know if you find something that might be suitable for me. Okay. By the way, and, uh, I'm not going to work with this woman. Just so I you wouldn't either. I yeah. wouldn't either. You know, I'm going to be kind and gentle to her, but there's not a chance in hell I'm working with her. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to come across as cruel, but I'm trying to be coming across as a, I know so many agents would keep calling Gwendolyn and how about this? And what about this? And maybe do that. I'm going to, and they would, it had sucked their will to live. And they'd spend days and months and weeks trying to force Gwendolyn and buy something. She has no motivation to move at all. And, and that's okay. But it's not okay to work with somebody like that. Put her on a drip campaign, you know, every few months call her. But the, the question I want to say is, how soon do you want to move? And I want to hear Gwen and say, how about this afternoon? How long have you been looking? Um, well, we just started. You know, if you found something today, what would you do? We would buy it. Then I go, would you like some help, et cetera? Let's get together. We do a buyer counseling interview. We talk about loyalty, agency. And by the way, role play number 11 that I just put up there is a great role play for dealing with this situation. And but for someone I, like this, we have this program, KV Core, which everyone should be using. And basically it will send her, I would find out exactly what she's looking for and say, I'm going to have it automatically send you properties. And when yeah, sure. you see one that you like, please text me right away. Here's my number. Put it in your cell phone right now. So you have it. If you see any property that you're interested in, you have my number. Call me immediately or text me. And I'd love to love to see what you're doing. Yep. All right. We're, we're almost, we're actually out of time, but I do want to answer Joel's question. One of the questions that he is saying is that a lot of these internet leads, maybe they've had agents from all different companies, you know, how they're selling, you know, these internet leads to this one and this one and this one. And when someone calls and says, well, you're the fifth agent, someone from Colwell Banker called me, Long and Foster called me. Now you at Canzel is calling, um, you know, let, I'm just tired of all these people calling. What would your response to that be? I would probably say, I'm so sorry that you've been inundated with realtor calls. I hope they've all been nice to you. And the only thing I can say is that we as a real estate community, our goal is to help people buy homes. And we show our interest in helping you by calling you. And uh, so just just see it as a sign of, you know, affection from this industry is wanting to help you. And um, so I don't know what else to say, but it, it is true that when you click on a property, you become what we call a lead and people will follow up. And that's what I'm doing today. And if you'd prefer me not to call you again, fine. But let me ask you this. Tell me a little bit about your situation, when and where and why. And I'd ask a few of those questions and I'd say, would you like some help? And if they'd say, yeah, we'd like some help, then then let's let's take it to the next step from the phone call and let me let's get together and lead. I'll come to your home. I'll do this or do that. But when I call in for sale by owners, they could come. God, you're the fifth person who called me. And I said, well, at least we're all out there working. And I said, don't worry. In a couple of weeks, I'll be the only one that knocks on your door. The other ones will give up, but I'll be back. 
Oh, I like that. That's so good. And one thing I always like to say is like, I love to say I'm hungry for your business. Cause I always want to work with somebody who's hungry for my business. Like if you could take me or leave me, I want to work with someone who is hungry for my business. So I love that. Yeah. Well, be careful David, in that. Cause that can, that can go a couple of ways. Read, read the room before you say that. It's mm-hmm. kind of like if I want to date you and I go, oh, I'm really hungry to date you. You're going to be leaving me like a cockroach under a fluorescent light. But if you can say, yeah, I said, yeah, I'm dating a number of people and I'd love to have lunch with you. Said, well, wait a minute. So you, you don't want to be so attainable that they don't. It's like the Woody Allen line. I wouldn't join a club that would have me as a member. No, that was Groucho Mark. So. Uh, oh, my gosh. I, love so it. I, I hear you. I hear what you're trying to go for. But some of those you got to be kind of careful. I, I got to just show this. I want everybody to yes, do a screenshot of this. These are the best questions you'll ever hear in real estate. Uh, the three buyer questions that I did in the role play, how soon, how long, and if you found, and then the one with um, the sphere of influence, how much longer to plan to serve current home, and of all your friends, who would you think would be the next one? Who do you think would be the next one to make a move? And in the- and let, uh, Go ahead and share that one more time. I'm going to read it, read it out loud for the people who are listening on the podcast. Okay. And if, uh, these are the questions. Uh, I have a video called Six Steps to Converting Leads. And step number four is learn by asking questions. And the three buyer questions are, how soon would you like to be settled? How long have you been looking? If you found a home today that met your needs, what would you do? So those are for buyers. The next two are more referral-based questions, seller questions. And the most important question all of you can ask every day is, how much longer do you plan to stay in your current home? And then the referral question is, of all of your friends, who do you think would be the next one to make a move? Mm -hmm. And you'll notice these all start off who, what, when, where, why, how. They're open questions. Too many people mess it up and they say, do you need to move soon? Do you plan to sell? Are you going to buy? You know, those are questions just get... Oh, those are so good. Well, this was such a treat. We are so glad that you are with us. Please make sure that you go in and watch those videos. And if you're listening via podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Yep. Here's how to log in. I'm going to put that in the chat. And uh, there we go. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents. And tune in next week for another power-packed episode. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast.